0: In today's episode, I am chatting with my dear friend, Robin Long, who actually joined us all the way back in the second episode of Girls Night. Robin is a Pilates instructor and the creator of an online community called The Balanced Life, where she provides quick and efficient online workouts for busy women. Robin is passionate about empowering women to feel good in their own skin, and that is exactly what she does. Today, we're talking about how to be consistent in your health journey. I think a lot of us have big ambitions when it comes to our health and fitness goals, especially at the beginning of a new year but then we lose momentum a few months or even a few weeks in. Or if you're like me, a few days in. Anyone else? Well, Robin's gonna be sharing with us practical and actually doable tips that have helped her stay committed to her health for years now. And she's gonna teach us how we can do the same. Guys, if you're feeling a bit lost or frustrated in your health journey, whether it's with food or fitness or both, please know that you're not alone. I've actually been feeling the exact same way lately, if we're being honest. And that's why I was so excited to talk to Robin. I left this conversation feeling so refreshed, motivated, and like I can actually do this. And I know you'll feel the same. But before we dive in, there's something I wanted to make sure to tell you about. So lately I've been getting lots of emails from readers and listeners who are looking to find and form deeper friendships. So many of them are looking around and realizing that they're just kind of lonely in life right now. They don't have people that are really their people and they have no idea how to go about changing that. And my gosh, I can totally relate to that struggle. When Carl and I first moved here to Nashville, we moved here without knowing anyone, and I had to figure out all over again how to find and make friends. I worked really hard at it and was able to meet some girls I really liked, but our friendships were still so surface level, so new. I was desperate to go deeper, to have these people feel like my people instead of feeling like a slightly awkward second date. But I had no idea how to make that happen. And then I had an idea. I wrote down a list of questions that I thought would help a group of women really get to know each other, and then I invited a few of my new friends over to my house. Now listen, that took a ton of courage, but I'm so glad I did it, and they were glad too. We sat around my kitchen table that night, a group of women who sort of knew me and barely knew each other, and we answered my list of questions. It took a few minutes for us to get comfortable, but before long, those questions had us on a roll. We were telling stories, sharing about our lives, opening up, and really getting to know each other. We laughed so hard we cried, and then we did cry as we spoke God's truth into tender areas of each other's lives. That night and those questions were the beginning of true community for me and for several of my girlfriends here in Nashville, and so I just knew I couldn't keep them to myself. I ended up turning those questions into a friendship small group guide, and it's my very favorite resource for truly connecting as a community. My sweet reader, Kara, went through the guide recently with her small group, and this is what she had to say about it. She said, my group and I just finished your study, and we absolutely loved it. Our group wasn't super close to begin with, we were all friends of friends, but now we couldn't be closer. In the study, you asked us questions I would never think to ask, and talking through those things together transformed our group. They transformed me. Now I have five new best friends, and I am so grateful to this guy for making this happen. Seriously, best decision ever. Okay, I love that. Kara, thank you so much for sharing your story with me. Guys, whether you're looking to connect with old friends or go deeper with new friends, or for the next book for your small group or book club, Our lives are so much richer when we have best friends to share them with, and this guide is the perfect way to get there. If you head to EsmeWilsonShop.com, you can learn more about the books and pick up copies there for your group too. I can't wait to share this with you, friends. Okay, with that said, let's jump into today's episode. Here is my conversation with Robin. Okay, friends, I'm sitting here with just a dear friend of mine, someone who I adore and I am so excited for you to get to hear from her because I have loved her for years and um, we've had her on the show, but it's been ages. So I'm so happy to have her back. Robin Long, thank you for being here, friend. It is my pleasure. I am seriously so happy to be back. So tell me for the women who aren't familiar with you yet, like truly you're about to have a whole crew of Girls' Night (laughs) friends over like in your space because we're just moving in. Um, Tell us who you are, what you do, and a fun fact about yourself.
1: Absolutely. Okay, I welcome all the Girls' Night friends, always. I love a Girls' Night. And my name is Robin, and I'm a Pilates instructor. And I also am the founder of The Balanced Life, which is really how I took my teaching online, but has since grown into an entire community of women who are... Um, doing Pilates at home, specifically Pilates that are Pilates workouts that are quick, efficient, able to fit into a busy lifestyle, and also taking a very balanced approach to health and fitness. So our community is based in kind of the idea of grace over guilt and embracing your body as it is today, as you're still working towards becoming the strongest and healthiest version of yourself. Love so that is what I do for work. And it's truly my passion and my joy. I feel so lucky that I get to do that every day for work. And outside of that, I am married to my husband, Matt. I live in Santa Barbara, California, and we have four little kids. And I would say one of my fun facts is that we were surprised with twins 18 months ago. So we were just trucking along with our two little ones thinking, I don't know, maybe we should have a third. I don't know. Life feels pretty good right now. I actually, long story, you know, have some challenges some pregnancy loss in there, but then we were surprised with boy-girl twins. And so that has thrown our life for a loop, but so much fun and so much work. Yes. (laughs) All the same time. (laughs) All the same time. Um, That's a little fun fact. And then kind of a random weird fact is that I get something called sleep paralysis. And I never knew this was a thing. So maybe there's some Girls Night listener out there who's going to be like, that's what has happened to me. But it's basically the weirdest thing where when you are asleep, your mind wakes up before your body. So you are awake, but you can't move. You cannot move your body. And it is as terrifying as it sounds, especially if you don't know what it is. And eventually your body catches up and you can start to move. But there's a solid little, it's probably, when I looked it up, it's probably only, I don't know, 10 or 15 seconds, maybe 30 seconds. I don't know. It's hard to know in the moment, but where you cannot move your body. And that is something that I get, which is so random. (laughs) That is so,
0: it's, I bet that's so terrifying. And I'm so glad you said that because like someone is now... Feeling yeah. like they're not crazy, or like it's because I feel like something like that would be terrifying until you know what it is. And then you when know. you know what it is, you're like, okay, like it'll be fine in a couple seconds. It's not dangerous.
1: Yeah, yes. So you totally have to lay there and talk to yourself. I didn't know that anyone else had it until I had a friend in college who said she gets it too. And I was like, oh, I've never felt so known. That's- <laughs> and so it's not all the time. It only happens like when I'm really tired and usually sleeping on my back, but someone somewhere out there can probably relate to the weird. Of sleep paralysis.
0: Oh my gosh, guys, you're not alone and you're not broken and you're not dying. It's just a thing that happens. Oh man. Uh, I feel like sleep is so weird, like dreams. And when I'm really stressed, I get. I don't know like what else to call them other than stress dreams, but it'll feel like I'm awake all night and I'm having real conversations and I'm having mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm rehashing a meeting or the, I'm like, it very much feels like I'm awake all night and I'm technically asleep, but I don't feel very rested the next day. And it's always when I'm like very nervous about something or very stressed about something. Yes. And then
1: you feel like you literally did not sleep the whole yes. night.
0: Which is the worst because there's nothing like if you are nervous for something the next day, (laughs) you want a great night's sleep. It's just, just (laughs) the worst. Um, so Robin, I, I'm so happy to have you on the show. We were talking about this before we started recording, but we've been, um, I feel like blog friends for a really long time now. Like, Oh, I mean, I don't even like years and years. And I know for a fact that I've been doing your workouts since probably 2013 2012, yeah. probably. And I love the space that you've created online. It's such a safe, encouraging place. It feels like you're working out with a friend um, to work out with you. And it just, I mean, the workouts are challenging. I, I don't know if I've told you this, but I started doing, at the end of last year, I haven't picked them back up yet. Um, I started doing one of your hit workouts. Oh, yeah. And I'm telling you, I okay, I was laying in bed and I was like, I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna work out today. I'm gonna do like this hit workout. And it's high intensity interval training, right? hmm yeah. So it basically just like kicks your butt. So the video that I found of yours was 10 minutes long and I thought, well, I'll do it like twice or three times just <laughs> to like really get a full workout in or whatever. And like- by the grace of God, I made it through the 10 minutes. I'm telling you, (laughs) like I'm laying on the floor, I'm pouring sweat. I'm so sore the next day. Um, and so I feel like your workouts feel very gentle on the soul, but like, and, and gentle on the body and the fact that you're not like, you know, crunching your bones or, I mean, just like doing damage, but they're like, not for the faint of heart, which I love. It's just the perfect combination. So I'm a big fan of yours. I'm so glad you're here. And I'm so glad that at the beginning of the year, you know, it's kind of around that time where the maybe some of the resolutions we set have started to wear off. Um, we've forgotten all about whatever we said we were gonna do at the beginning of the year. And I think this this time of year, if if anyone's like me, you're starting to feel a little bit frustrated with yourself for the fact that you did have grand plans for how you were going to start taking care of yourself this year, but you just haven't really been doing it. And so I have like a million questions for you about how we can really be consistent and make some progress in our health journey. So are you Mm -hmm. ready? Do you feel prepared? Absolutely.
1: Yes. I love talking about this stuff, especially because this is kind of where the balanced life comes in. I feel like it's when you get to that point where you're like, why am I not actually making progress on my goals? Or why did I start and stop that again? So this is one of my favorite things to talk about.
0: So I am ready for it. All right, well, let's do it. So first and foremost, I guess, how do we stop quitting and actually really commit to our health goals? Like, how do we keep making progress and keep moving forward instead of jumping on and off the bandwagon so many times? I'm yes. asking for a friend, not for me Asking for, not Yeah, saying. no, <laughs> I've never done that either. No, no. either. No. <laughs> no, I actually
1: was just writing something this week, talking to this very subject because we can all relate to that challenge, right? We can all relate to the struggle. It's probably the most common thing is starting and stopping exercise programs or getting really motivated and saying, okay, I'm gonna do this thing. I'm gonna do this new workout routine or start a new diet, whatever it might be for you. And then within a few weeks, you've already kind of fallen off track or fizzled, your motivation's gone, or sometimes even literally a few days. And there's actually science behind there's been studies that have been done that the more you start and stop exercise programs, every time you usually can stick with it less like even a little bit less than the time before, right? so if if you initially were super mo- motivated and started a workout routine and you were able to stick to it for three weeks but then fell off track, then when you go to start again next time, chances are you'll really only make it two weeks or you'll make it less. and the reason for that is, is it's all about your confidence and your belief in yourself, right? So we've all been there. We start and stop things and we start to lose confidence in our ability to actually follow through. And so therefore, we, we've kind of like set ourselves up for a failure before we even begin. And so I actually just did a whole podcast episode on this recently, which is kind of around the idea of what if instead of thinking, oh, it's about committing to this many days of exercise, or it's about doing this kind of workout versus another workout, what if we started with the idea of your belief in yourself and kind of the story that you're telling yourself about your ability to follow through or your ability to stick to something? So oftentimes, many of us have an underlying narrative or story that we're telling ourselves of... Oh, I'm just never I'm never able to be consistent with workouts or oh, I just always start things, but I can never finish. Or, you know, worse, I'm such a failure. Like I just feel like a failure. I try, but I can never follow through. How come everyone else has willpower and I don't? Or even along the lines of, yeah, I don't like working out. Like I'm not one of those people. I just don't like working out. So I have to force myself to do it and I just don't like it. Right. Whatever stories we may be telling ourselves that does actually impact our ability to follow through. So starting to just notice those things, and it's not necessarily something we can change overnight, but we can start to change the story we tell ourselves. So that would be kind of my first, um, maybe out of the box way to start thinking about, are you, what are some of those internal conversations that are going, going on in your head? And could that be something that is making it really hard for you to actually become the person you're hoping to be, the person who exercises regularly and takes care of yourself. So that's one approach that I would put out there. And then there's also kind of the more practical side of things that is usually we bite off more than we can chew or we really (laughs) aim a little higher than maybe we realistically can fit into our daily schedule or our season of life or what we might be going through in a specific season of life. And we kind of, it's very common to fail to really take that into consideration because we see people on social media who are doing it, or our friend is doing it, or our sister-in-law is doing it, and we think we should be able to do it too. But we don't necessarily pause and say, okay, what is actually realistic for me in this season of life? And honestly, that's right now for me. Okay, I'm a fitness professional, right? So people think I work out all the time and I'm... But, you know, if you follow me for a while, you'll quickly learn what my approach is. But right now, my goal, 15 minutes a day. Mm -hmm. That's it. 15 minutes a day. And I am being so consistent and I'm actually doing it. And I really went through a season of struggle the first year, you know, after having the twins of getting anything done. But I was setting my expectations too high. I was trying to go 30 minutes or more and I just couldn't do it. Right. And then when you fall, then when you can't do it, then you that confidence again. And then you're just like, oh, I'll try again next week or next month. So dialing it down to be more realistic for most people can make a huge difference.
0: So what do we do? Okay. I love that. And I'm like taking notes, like, okay, I can do 15 minutes a day. And I feel a little lame about that. Cause I'm like, uh, I don't have four kids. Like I didn't just have twins. Like, I should be able to do more than that. But maybe that's part of the Trap is like I should be able to well, but I but I can't like and yeah. or at least not right now. I'm not. And but so not, yeah, like yeah, I'm not. And and so I feel like okay, but I probably could like I can do 15 minutes a day, and maybe after I prove to myself I can do 15 minutes a day, then I can bump that up a little bit. Yeah,
1: exactly. And that's that's exactly how you rebuild that confidence, right? Because if you would just go and say, Okay, what if it was just 10 minutes a day, or what if it's just 15 minutes a day you're gonna be able to do that. And you can actually build small wins. You can have wins in your life and you can start to build that confidence again in, okay, I can do this. I am a person who exercises consistently. I do get on my mat regularly if it's Pilates or I do move my body every day. And then that confidence can build, right? And you might just stick with 15 minutes because lots of people get great results from that. Um, Or you might add in other things once you build that habit back up.
0: So is that the way to change our mindset? Like, should we, if we kind of notice that we're saying things like, you know, I'm really inconsistent when it comes to working out, like, should we try to refute that in our heads? Like, no, you are a person who, like, is that how we change it? Or do we change it by proving it to ourselves or both? I I think it's a combination of both. So uh, starting with
1: finding ways to make it realistic, right? Find some wins for yourself. So 10 minutes a day you know, a walk three times a week, like be, I always say, honestly, this is funny because usually people are like, set big goals, go big dreams. And I am a huge goal setter and dreamer and nuts. But with workouts, I'm like, set your goal and then actually dial it back just a little bit. (laughs) Set yourself up to win, right? Because that is how you can start to build that new identity or build that new story because then you're actually doing it. You're actually doing and maybe for some people listening maybe it's 10 minutes three times a week right it's not a competition nobody is measuring you no like nobody's going to walk into your house and say you should be doing 30 minutes not 10 right sometimes we feel like we have <laughs> there's this should out there but that's not what it's about it's just for yourself yeah so set that goal and then that can help to say okay i'm doing this i am doing this i feel good I am moving my body. And then that ripple effect can start to change that identity, right? Or that self-talk or that story. And then I do think I'm not one for, you know, I think some people get really like shy away from kind of cheesy affirmations or things like that. A lot of people that'll quickly, someone will quickly be like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. But I do think just being aware of your self-talk or aware of the story you're telling yourself, I don't have time. I'm not that type of person. At least becoming aware of that and then finding little things that can help you to actually identify as that person. You know, like I, I do make time for my workouts. I do prioritize my self-care or those kinds of things can actually go a long way and just get you thinking in a different direction.
0: Yeah, I, I like that. I think, you know, it It matters what we say to ourselves. Like mm-hmm. if we think we cannot do something like who said it? It's like whenever, or if, if you think you can, or if you can't, you're right. I Mm -hmm. I can't remember who said it. I'll look it up and put it in the show notes. But I think that that's so true because it's really pretty simple. If you don't think you can, you're probably not going to try. And if you don't Mm -hmm. try, it will not happen. And so, I mean, even it's, that seems like such a simple thing, but it makes sense why it would be so impactful. Totally. So here's my question about that though. I, I mean, I know that like you know, there are recommendations for how much we should be working out every day, which actually, now that I think of it, I don't totally know what they are. (laughs) Um, So I guess my question is just really quickly, what are they? You know, what's recommended? And then also if we are doing 10 minutes, like, is it worth it to do it 10 minutes a day? Is that going to, like, does that make any sort of difference in our health journey? Right. I think
1: it's 30 minutes a day. Like the, I don't know, you know, government recommended <laughs> Now, that like whoever I, recommends these things, things I yeah. don't pay attention to those recommendations and also like you know food you know FDA recommendations those kinds of things so just because just because I do I would agree like I would say if you can do 30 minutes of exercise or more every day yes that is ideal like that is great for your health and the benefits are endless. But what I think that leaves out is the fact that many people struggle to get there or they just have this should in their life. And then it's just this constant battle of between what you should be doing and what you actually are doing. And it's not productive to just stay in that pattern of, well, I should be doing this, but I'm not doing this. If you're already working out, you know, four to five, six times a week for 30 minutes or more, keep doing what you're doing. Like if you are in that groove and it is working for you, I'm not telling you stop doing that and only do 10 minutes. But if you are the type of person, which so many of us are, I would say the majority of people who really just struggle with that consistency, you're going to benefit, in my perspective, you're going to be benefit more from being consistent over a long period of time that has a positive ripple effect in your life And makes it easier for you to build upon that and eventually add up to longer workouts, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, whatever it is that fits with your body and your season and your schedule that day. You're going to see much more, much better long-term results than if you just go, okay, I'm going to do this four times a week, 45 minutes, and you do it for a week and then you give up for two weeks. And then you do it for another week and then you give up for three weeks. Like that is not... Because then that puts you into that cycle too of just being on and off with exercise and on and off with food and it becomes restriction and binge and exercise and stop exercise. And that's not good for anybody. So my recommendation is just to start with this approach. If you're the type of person that's struggling with consistency or needing to really build the habit into your life, and just watch what happens. That's what I always tell people because I do these free challenges that are 10 to 15-minute workouts, and I'm just like, I get that question all the time. Is, is it even worth it? Is it really worth it? But I'm like, just try it. And if it's not, you can decide and you can go back to whatever it is you were doing. But just try it and watch the ripple effect because you're going to feel the you're gonna feel better. You're gonna reduce stress. You're gonna notice new muscles forming. And then you're actually gonna start craving it more. And mm-hmm. it's gonna be kind of become built into your life. And that's what you need in order to work up to say 30 minutes a day or whatever it might be.
0: Yeah. I'm so sold. <laughs> um <laughs> so when it comes to work to working out, to exercise, this is one of those questions that's like, okay, this is obvious, but also it's not, because if it was as obvious as it seems, we would do it more. What are some of the benefits that we can look forward to if we're starting to work out on a regular basis? We're actually making that time.
1: Yeah. So many. And I think that's exactly kind of what I was just sharing, right? Is what you want to do is get connected to how good it feels to start adding this to your routine. So sometimes, you know, if you're taking an approach where you're forcing yourself to work out or you're doing something you don't enjoy, like I used to be the queen of the elliptical at the gym with a magazine and a TV show. And I hated it. I hated it. And I thought I had to go 45 minutes and I was just like trucking along. And I can't even tell you the last time. Actually, just kidding. I did an elliptical in my parents' bedroom when I was visiting them in South Dakota like a year ago. So I have done an elliptical since. But the point being, like finding something that you enjoy um, is going to help you to be more consistent, like we are just talking about. And then once you can do something regularly, you start to get attached to some of those benefits that you start noticing. So reduced stress for one. And the truth is, most of us today are carrying around so much stress in our bodies. And most of us hardly even know because it's just become our new norm. It's just the tension we're holding in our body, the memories, the pain, the stress, the tension, whatever it might be. So taking that 15 minutes a day or more if you have it to release that from your body through movement, through sweat or through breathing or through stretching or through Pilates, whatever method you choose, you'll automatically feel better when you're done, when you let some of that tension go from your body. You'll increase your mood, right? You actually get a hormone boost. So when you are done working out, something actually physiologically changes in your body that can boost your mood. So Mm -hmm. that's why it's one of the number one things you can do to help you work through, you know, (laughs) just bad moods or things like depression and anxiety because there's an actual chemical change that happens in your brain. So that not only that, you'll also just breathe deeply, which again, resets your brain in a lot of ways and helps to let, you know, get you out of some of that fight or flight or stress that's going on in your brain. Like the the benefits like that are just endless. And it's just from moving, breathing, getting your heart rate up and connecting with your body and just letting some of that stress go and getting the mood boost that we all need. Right. And then there's the obvious ones, like you'll build strength, you'll Reduce like muscle tension you can realign your posture all those good physical things too, but so much of it is also um, mental and emotional
0: that's so good that's so good I remember um we I've talked about this on the show a little bit, but um a couple of summers ago I like really noticed that um anxiety was starting to i don't know i think i, I think I had always struggled with anxiety, but it kind of reached a fever pitch a couple summers ago. And as my anxiety was getting worse and worse and worse, and it really, it was just kind of for no reason. It just was like nothing was nothing crazy was going on. Um depression came along with it in a way I've never experienced it before. Mm-hmm. And it turns out, you know, after asking for all kinds of help and and having wonderful doctors and therapists in my corner helping me figure out what was going on, they were like, I think you really do struggle with anxiety. And it's been kind of a lifelong thing if you look back and notice. And I'm like, actually I can see that. So so for me it was like, you know, we think that there's some chemical imbalance in your brain that we need to work out and so they put me on some medicine that was been that has been so great but there was a time while i was waiting for this medicine to kick in and i was miserable i was going through such a hard time and i remember them telling me some some really specific things they're like medicine is one piece of it and you need to like, and you need to take it regularly and, but it is going to take a little bit of time to kick in. So you have a little bit of a window. I was in counseling at the time, which was so, so good. I feel like counseling is good for all of us. Um, mm-hmm. but they were like, as in this window, as you're waiting for like your brain to sort of recalibrate You really need to be eating consistently, just like making sure you're consistently feeding yourself, which sounds obvious, but again, isn't. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing is they're like, if you can work out for 30 minutes a day, just move your body for 30 minutes a day. They were like, it is so important and it is game changing. And I was so... I was just in such a hard spot that I remember shuffling around my neighborhood for like mm-hmm. thirty minutes a day, feeling like I'm like, okay, this is getting better. It's gotta yeah. get better. It's gotta get better. And I mean, it's just thirty minutes a day, though. And that was my. It was a psychiatrist who said that she was like, "Listen, medicine so good, really important. You need it. Also, exercise is mm-hmm. so important and will help so much. And so it really felt like. I mean, it was hard to get myself to do it, especially because I was feeling so bad. But yeah, I just remember shuffling around my neighborhood at like a, you know, snail's pace, but feeling like I was step by baby step. Yes. Like getting better. You're doing something. Yes. Yeah.
1: What a great, what a great psychiatrist to
0: say that. Right.
1: I think sometimes they get pit like against each other. Like, Oh, certain people say, Oh, you know, if you do exercise, then you won't do medication. Or if you don't do medication, then you won't do exercise. But what, Oh, I'm so glad you got such great advice to be finding a holistic path for that healing for where your situation and what you needed. That's so good.
0: Yeah. It was so good. It was so good. Well, yeah. so um, Robin, I wanna ask you, like there are so many gyms out there and there are so many different kinds of exercise equipment or programs or whatever. And like, do you, I don't know how we sort through them. It seems sometimes like we need to have a really expensive gym membership or, you know, pay whatever for this workout equipment or, you know, spend a bazillion dollars at this one studio to get good exercise. I'm hoping that's not totally true. And I don't think it (laughs) is, but I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Like what is sort of required for us to get a good workout in?
1: Yeah. Oh, I love this question. And I think I spend most of my days reminding people and encouraging people that it doesn't have to be so complicated or overwhelming. And it can be if you want it to be. You can buy all kinds of equipment. You can go to a fancy gym. You can go to I mean I'm obviously a huge pan, fan of Pilates studios. I mean, I I absolutely would encourage anyone who wants to to go to a Pilates studio even though they're expensive and have a lot of equipment. So It can be, but I think the most important thing for people to know is that it doesn't have to be. It's not required. You don't need the latest fancy piece of equipment. You don't need totally built out home gym. You don't need an expensive membership. You don't need any of that in order to take care of your body, build strength, improve your health. I literally exercise at home, often in my PJs, in my bathroom. (laughs) No joke, because thankfully we have a big enough master bathroom, but either there's a kid or two in the bathtub right next to me. And that is a solid 20 minutes that I can spend (laughs) on my mat right there, doing some squats, doing whatever, doing Pilates, um, doing some stretches, or it's in the morning and the door is closed and they're all out there. And I am just getting it done before anyone can come in and, you know, climb all over me. So that just a reminder that you don't need all of that, and I think sometimes that that becomes an obstacle or a hindrance for people to think, "Oh, where do I start?" or "What should I do?" or "I don't have enough money." But literally, you need your body. You can do body weight exercises. You don't even need any fancy equipment. And if you want to add in some little hand weights or bands or things like that, you absolutely can, and you can have fun with it. But you don't need to have it, and I think that's important, especially. In today's social media world where everyone has a Peloton, <laughs> or so it looks like, <laughs> yes, yes. or something like that, you know, nothing, nothing against Peloton, but just a reminder that you don't need it in order to be a healthy, fit person. You can do a lot of other things. You can go for walks, you can go right out your front door, go for a jog, go for a run, dance with your kids. So, yeah, that's definitely a soapbox that I stand on.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, that's really helpful because, I mean, really, truly, it feels like, there are so many options and they're all really expensive. And if we're ever going to, if we're ever going to see a difference in our body or in our mind or in our stress, or um, if we're ever going to like make progress, we have to like go to one of these places. And it's really nice to remember, like got a bathroom. Great. You can do it in there too.
1: (laughs) And I will say, and I will say, this is also where it's important to know yourself and know your preferences, right? Some people, just love the gym atmosphere. They're like, I love being around other people, lifting weights, looking in the mirror. You can tell I go to the gym and lift weights and look in the mirror. No, I don't. Yes. I used to. <laughs> um, but some people like really thrive on that yeah. environment, right? And so you also just kind of need to know yourself. And the reason I created the Bounce Life Sisterhood, the reason I created what I do, and there's tons of other options out there. So not even just to speak to what we do. But is there is also sometimes value, not sometimes always value in some guidance, in some accountability, in some leadership. So you yeah. know what to do. You're doing it safely at home. You know, you have some path that you're on to feel like you're making progress just rather than just kind of pulling up, you know, anything at any time and doing that again, know yourself because some people can do that and thrive. And they're like, I can put together a workout plan on my own and feel really good about it. Other times even if you're doing it at home with no equipment, you might want to find some ways to find some ways to have accountability, support, guidance to help you feel connected and not like you're just not sure where to start or what to do.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And it makes sense to have someone to push you a little bit because I think I mean the truth about exercise is it's uncomfortable. And like it shouldn't be like horribly painful or anything, but the the point of it is to move yourself more than you maybe want to. Yeah. And so if you're totally in charge of the movement, I mean, like maybe you make it five minutes and you're like, I'm tired now. I would like to quit. You kind of need someone to be like, let's just do five more or let's yeah. do yeah. two more reps of that or hold that for one more second or something yep. like that.
1: Exactly.
0: Totally. And
1: that's something that like when I lead my workouts online and, and people are watching my videos that I'm exactly that. It's like, okay, this is where it's going to hurt, but this is where you want to breathe through it. This is where we're going to go, you know, keep holding on and build that strength because you, this is how you get stronger. Like yep. when you push through that point where you think you could give up, but you make it a little bit further, that's how you build that strength that you're looking to build.
0: Oh man. I'm like picturing something about Robin's workouts are one of the ones that I just, I'm learning to love. I love them. I'm telling myself our side planks. <laughs> Side planks are like just maybe not my favorite. There are some times when like Robin is telling you to keep going and you're like, Robin, I don't feel like keeping going, but you do. And then you grow and it's so good. (laughs) Hey guys, I hope you're loving this conversation with Robin as much as I am. Isn't she awesome? I wanted to pop in for one quick second to thank our sponsor for this week. Our sponsor for today is an amazing company called Zola. Zola. Now you guys have heard me talk about Zola before, but they're a wedding company who's reinventing the wedding planning and registry experience. I know that some of y'all are engaged right now or you're dating someone and engagements just around the corner. I also know that lots of y'all are bridesmaids and maids of honor these days, helping your girlfriends and your sisters plan the best weddings possible. And so I just love getting to share Zola with you. Quick side note, my little sister got married several months ago and I got to be her maid of honor, and so I got to help her plan her wedding, which was so fun. And really, my very first suggestion to her was that she sign up for Zola. It was a huge help for her. I love what they're doing because for me, while getting engaged and planning our wedding was wonderful and fun and so, so special, it was also totally overwhelming. Zola gets this, and so they've made it their mission to make the whole thing a whole lot easier. They offer free wedding websites, the easiest wedding registry, affordable invite suites, and more. You can conveniently manage everything online and all in one place, which saves you so much time as you plan this big day. They really have thought of everything. You can create a free wedding website through Zola in just minutes. There are hundreds of gorgeous designs for every style. You can also simplify your wedding planning process even more by doing your registry through Zola. You can add gifts from other stores or sync existing registries. Plus, they are the only place where you can register for honeymoon funds and gift cards along with physical gifts. Isn't that awesome? Plus, if you need help with your invites and save the dates, Zola has tons of affordable cards that are designed to match their wedding websites, so everything will flow seamlessly together. And get this, they'll even help you collect addresses, track online RSVPs, and address your envelopes for free. Guys, this is such a great resource if you are planning a wedding. The more I find out about Zola, the more I wish it had been an option when we got married. But it is for you and for your engaged girlfriends, so be sure to pass it along. Also, if you go to Zola.com slash Stephanie today and use promo code SAVE50, you'll get 50% off of your Save the Dates. You can also get a free personalized paper sample before you even purchase. Just in case you need that spelled out, I wanted to tell you it's Z-O-L-A. Again, if you go to Zola.com slash Stephanie today and use promo code SAVE50, you'll get 50% off of your Save the Dates. And you can also get a free personalized paper sample before you purchase. I love that. Zola, thank you so much for making this whole process so much easier and for sponsoring our girls night. We love having you. Okay, now without any further ado, let's jump back into my conversation with Robin. So, I, you know, another piece of this to our health and our fitness and our wellness is what we eat. And I know that for a lot of us, and I would probably say for me, like this is, this is the the hard part. We have to eat. Like, we don't have to work out. That's adding something in to our lives, which is hard enough. But when it comes to eating, we have to do it. But then we have to, like, there's sort of an adding in and taking away sort of aspect all at the same time. It's just a little bit more complex. I know that there are so many different opinions, I feel like now more than ever, about what food we should be eating or shouldn't be eating or what diet we should be on or what our diet shouldn't consist of knowing that you have this philosophy of just like, let's just break this down to the to the basics and let's do something that's really doable. What advice do you have when it comes to food and dieting and how we approach food with a healthy mindset?
1: Yeah, and this is such a tricky thing. And I agree with you. I feel like now more than ever, right? There's strong camps of how you should eat or shouldn't eat everything from vegan to paleo to keto to... 30 to all of it. There's just so many different approaches to intuitive eating, you know. And so, my perspective is that again, it comes back to it. You have to know yourself a little bit, right? Not a little bit, a lot. You need to look into yourself and know who you are, what journey you've been on with food, where you're at, what your goals are, and things like that before you can just start looking around and start doing what everyone else is doing. So, for example, I think a really good example of this is I definitely, I don't preach dieting. You could call me anti-diet if you want to. Again, I don't necessarily try to fall into any camp of like any label of of what I believe about food, but... um I'm definitely not encouraging people to go on diets that they can't sustain. Um, so if it's something that you can't see yourself doing for your entire life, that to me would be a diet. So if Whoa. it's a way it's a way of eating <sighs> that you like think, I'm going to do this for a week or, you know, three weeks or four weeks. And then, or even just anything, like if you can't see yourself doing it in 20 years and 15 years, then it's not a sustainable way of eating. So I'll drop that one in there. <laughs> Seriously. I'm
0: like, okay, my mind is blown. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay.
1: but then along those same lines, I am the, like my journey just to share there. I had just like so many people disordered, you know, relationship with food in terms of good foods, bad foods, being on a diet, being off of a diet, just that, that whole, that whole thing. I feel like I don't even need to describe it. Right. Because so many of us can, re- can relate to the, restriction, binging, like, oh, I'm on, now I had cake, so now I'm off and this that whole cycle. Well, I went through a lot of healing to try to overcome that, which basically was a long process. Pilates was a huge part of it for me because it was just getting connected to my body in a new way. And there's more that I can share on that. But my point is trying to make that once I restored that relationship with food and eating and became more balanced in that, Now I do care more about nutrition and I research it and I read about it and I care a lot about the types of foods I'm putting in my body, but it's very different than me 10, 15 years ago. You know, like it's very different. It's not restrictive. It's not legalistic. It's not, it's not having a negative impact on my quality of life. It's not causing me to miss out on functions or meals or stress about what I'm eating on a date night with my husband. There's no guilt around it. But I do read a lot of research and care a lot about where my food is coming from, the types of food I'm eating. I do understand the chemical side of what happens when you eat a bunch of sugar or you eat a bunch of processed foods or things like that. Um, so I think it can be tricky in the world right now because... There's the whole intuitive eating side, but I'm like, but what about the research that we know too? So with that, that's where I think it just comes back down to, comes back to knowing yourself, right? Where are you with food? Are you in a place where you need to heal your whole relationship with food? Then you just need to get back to a place where food is not the enemy and your worth is not dictated by how you're eating and really do some of that work to restore your relationship with food. If you feel like you're in a place where that you have a healthy relationship with food and it's not going to mess with your mind and you're not going to be on the scale every morning deciding if you are doing good or doing bad, then Mm. you can start to dive more into, okay, what, you know, what are some of those things like about the quality of food I should be eating or what are some of the ingredients to watch for and watch out for and things like that. So that's, that's a huge topic right there. But I'll also just add onto that, that again, I think if you can take the balanced approach knowing that if you're not on a diet you can't fall off of a diet right <laughs> so just because i grabbed chocolate on the way in here literally for our interview yeah I'm it's like, girls night it's girls night i need some chocolate and <laughs> it sounds delicious right now and i have no guilt or shame over that there was no there's no like oh i just blew my diet that i'm trying to be on because i'm not trying to be on a diet right but I did choose a delicious, healthy salad for lunch. And so that comes back to kind of that perspective of can you think more about, my favorite word is nourishing yourself. Hmm. Like nourishing, nourishing recipes. Like healthy can get tricky. What's healthy, right? What's, well, does that mean low carb? Does that mean it's vegan? Does that mean it's organic? What does healthy mean? So I just, I like to use the word nourishing. And if you can think of nourishing your body, and think, ask yourself, how can I nourish myself today? You know, what's going to be most nourishing to me? Then I think sometimes that's going to look like a delicious salad with lots of yummy veggies because you just know you need it. Like you're, you know, you can tell your body needs some like alive food that's going to help you feel good and give you energy to get through the day. And sometimes nourishing your body might feel like I'm going to cuddle up on the couch with some dark chocolate or a cup of hot cocoa or whatever, or a glass of wine, whatever you're your body, like you're enjoying and you're savoring. So, I'd kind of like to take that approach of just nourishing yourself and really watching out for being on or off a diet and labeling things as good and bad.
0: That makes a lot of sense. And I think the idea of nourishing, like eating a whole tub of ice cream is not like n- no one feels nourished by that. Like, you may feel nourished by like a serving of ice cream or a bowl of it or something, but like, or you may feel nourished by a glass of wine, but no one feels nourished after five, you know? No. Everyone feels terrible <laughs> yeah. after five. And so, I mean, it's the same with French fries, or I mean, just whatever the thing is, that word nourishing, like sometimes it feels nourishing for me to eat some French fries, but if I eat too many of them, then I don't feel good anymore. And I mean, really, I don't feel great after it, but I, but I mean, that makes sense after a certain point of of eating something, even if it sounds delicious, if you're eating too much of it or that's all you're eating, you start to feel bad. And so paying attention to to what makes you, like what adds to your life instead of detracting to your life. And that could be a salad, but it doesn't have to be only salad because if you're restricting yourself from everything else, you're taking away from your life. Yeah. And then just having that reminder that
1: you know, the, one of the best things I think you can do to break negative, and And I'm actually like, I'm not an expert in this. This is just my approach, but breaking that connection with, if you have pizza or if you have a piece of cake or if whatever it is, finding a way to break that connection from feeling like you went off track, you're a failure, you need to feel guilty. You need to make up for it tomorrow you need to, you know, because you had cake, you can't have pizza night tomorrow or whatever like that. I think some people think that's like balance, like, oh, I had cake tonight. So I got to do a hard workout in the morning. That is a cycle and a relationship of just guilt and shame and leads to that kind of binging restricting pattern. So if you can just have a piece of cake, enjoy it. And move on and try to you know just continue nourishing yourself and continue trying to make a a healthy choice for your body you're gonna if you can break out of that cycle you're gonna really experience I think a lot more freedom around
0: food. I love that, Robin. I feel like I know that women are listening who who have had or currently have like pretty tough relationships with food, and so I know you said like this is a whole other thing, but I would love to hear just a little bit more about how you got to a place where you feel. Where where you have a healthier relationship with food.
1: Yeah. Oh my goodness. Do we have like an hour?
0: Yes. (laughs) Um,
1: (laughs) Okay. I'm like rewinding in my mind. I can say that it first started with me with a desire to change. Like I was tired of, I was tired of feeling in bondage really around food. Like it was taking up way too much of my mental space. It wasn't bringing me joy. You know, it was like, I I got to a point where I was ready for a change. I was like, I don't want to continue like this anymore. So at that point, I made a couple of intentional decisions in my life. For me, one of it actually included a move. I moved in with my cousins who I really admired. I left college that I was at. It took a semester off. Like I actually made a big life change. And that was an effort to change my environment, to change the people I was spending time around, to change, you know, really I think my environment is is the key word there because not everyone listening can make a big move or make a big life change, but it did start with the desire to change, the desire to have a different relationship with food and to realize that it didn't have to be that way. And then to make some environmental changes that would help me so Whether that's, I'm thinking, like, practically speaking for people who are listening, it could be potentially conversations you're having with certain people. It could be friends in your life or people in your life that it's just really, there's a lot of talk about food and weight loss and diet and, you know, that whole pressure. Like, I I took myself out of those friendships and relationships and was like, I don't want to be in that anymore. Practically speaking, it could be who you're following on social media. It could be you know, you're following people for motivation because they have a super hot body or because they seem to always have a really healthy life, but they're always, you know, but it's not necessarily balanced maybe. And it leaves you, I don't know. We all know there's like a motivation in us, right? Are you following that person because they really model the life that you want to have a really balanced free life? Or are you following that person because you think if I watch this person work out and eat super healthy food, then I'm going to be motivated to work out and eat super healthy food right? Yeah. Yes. When really then you're at home not working out and eating ice cream on the couch. And what does that mean? You compare yourself to that person and then you feel like, well, I feel like crap about yourself. Yes. Right? So yes. a practical thing, if you're not going to pick up and move like I did, is just what are you consuming? What envi- What can you curate in your environment to help to get you to a place that is more healthy? For me, I was single at the time, but it definitely impacted who I was dating, right? I was like, I had been in relationships where it, I don't know, I felt like I had to look a certain way or, you know, be a certain body type. And I had a literally like a come to Jesus moment, as they say, where I was like, okay, wait, the type of man that I want to be with in my life is the type of guy who does not care and would never put pressure on me to be a certain size or look a certain way, right? I'm like, my dream guy would not do that. Mm -hmm. And so honestly, that shift was pretty huge because then I'm like, wait, so who am I trying to look this way for? Who am I, like, what am I? It's, and so once I made that shift, that had a huge impact on my relationship with my body and food. I also found friends who had really healthy relationships with food and I hung out with them. And that was really transformative. My college roommate, I met her on the first day. She's super thin, super tall, super thin. And I was like, oh no, you know, like I'm afraid she's going to be having, you know, she's not going to eat anything but salad. And now I'm putting myself back in this environment. And she is the healthy relationship with food of anyone I've ever met. And nice. what a freeing relationship for me to be in around someone that's not talking about food all the time, not talking about how she shouldn't have eaten something. We just did life. We had fun. So trying to find those people, whether they're local or whether they're virtual, um, but that will support you and sort of the changes that you want to make is really important. And then, gosh, I could keep going. But I would say those are some key things that I shifted in the beginning that ended up having a really significant impact. So now when I see things that don't align with how I want to be, whether it's a magazine article about celebrities who lost weight or whether it's a certain person to follow on social media, I am able to be like, "Nope. That's not that's not what I that's not like the stuff I want to fill my
0: mind with." Mm-hmm. And that that can go a long way. It really can. I remember in college, I would spend a lot of time, like I had, you know, probably subscriptions to a bunch of fitness magazines. And I remember my college roommates and I had photos of women like around our room and it was supposed to be like workout inspiration. Like if we saw, and I like I've had friends post photos on their fridge of like, you know, their ideal body or whatever to remind them. And really, I just, every time I would look in the mirror, I would remember how much I don't look like the people who I was seeing in the magazine. And so I just felt like I was falling short all the time. And I I don't even remember like the day I made the decision. But at some point I decided I need to stop looking at magazines. Like I just need to I canceled all my subscriptions. I stopped buying them at the grocery store. And I mean it has probably been A decade since I looked at a fitness magazine. And it's funny because I don't think I look so bad anymore. Like I'm, I, I, one, I don't compare myself anywhere near as much as I used to. But if I'm comparing myself to someone, it's like the person next to me on the street. And the person next to me on the street is a normal human who hasn't been airbrushed. A hundred percent. It's amazing. Like I, without that comparison, like that benchmark of comparison in my head, that's not even totally real. Like, just feel so much more normal. Just feel so much better. And I mean, really, I don't follow any fitness professionals on Instagram other than you. Like truly, I don't follow any because it's just not helpful for me. Yeah.
1: I don't either. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm trying to think if I do, I don't think so. Not if they don't align with, yeah, the approach that I want to take. And I could not agree more about that. Nothing makes my blood start to boil more than that. Like, cut out a picture of your ideal body and put it on the fridge so that every time you go to open the fridge, you're reminded of where you're trying to go? Yeah. Uh-uh. No, it doesn't work. You guys, it doesn't work. If you've got that on your fridge right now, take it off. Enjoy your food and don't live in that guilt and shame that that really just says to you. And so I can totally relate to what you shared. And I'm the same. I don't think I've read a magazine, a traditional magazine in like that in over 10 years. And the good news is they're shifting because... Yes. It's now become trendy and, you know, but also consumers have a voice and so things have shifted. But still, I'm in the industry, I'm in the fitness industry still and I know what sells. And it is easier to sell. It's diet, weight loss, all that. It still sells. So it's still, you still have to be really mindful of the messages that you're consuming because they're trying to sell things. They're trying to sell. So you got to be careful.
0: Yes. It just is never helpful to me to see someone who looks perfect in a bathing suit. Like what doesn't matter how I'm doing or what I'm up to. Like, I just don't need to, I I don't know. It's just not, it's not motivating for me. If anything, it just feels shaming. And that's the other thing I've really noticed is I do so much better in taking care of myself and nourishing myself and, and moving my body in a way that's healthy when I'm being kind to myself instead of saying things like you're so stupid or you're so lazy or you're so fat or you need to lose a bunch of weight or whatever. It's just that kind of cruel shaming drill sergeant in my head doesn't make me work a whole lot harder. But no. when I'm yeah. starting from a place of I really care about myself and I want to really take good care of myself. It's like that's much more motivating to me. It It's it, like it gets me up so much faster.
1: A hundred percent. Yeah. And that's so true. I, you know, I just had the twins. It's been 18 months ago now, which still blows my mind. I feel like it should be like four months ago. But um, but I gained a solid 65 pounds with that pregnancy. And a lot of that was honestly intentional because if you gain a lot of weight, this is a whole nother topic. If you gain a certain amount of weight with twins, it can really increase your chance of carrying them to full term. There's a well, bunch really? of research. Yeah, again, my research of, you know, I'm so nerdy in what I read. But yeah. yes, so I was like, I was actually working with a nutritionist to gain a significant amount of weight, a certain amount of weight, I should say, by a certain point in the pregnancy. So all that to say, I was packing on the pounds and I did pack on the pounds. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, this is going to be an interesting adventure after I have these babies. Like, okay, this should be interesting. But it's that same, it's just like you said, if you can just start to be aware of the conversation that you're having with yourself. Beating yourself is never going to beating yourself up is never going to get yourself there faster. And you're just going to make yourself miserable along the way. Right. So I would just catch myself because let me tell you, my body looked like something else right after having (laughs) those twins. I would look in the mirror and I was like, whose body is this? Literally, I'd be like, oh my, wow. Like I felt like literally my head on some other body. That's such a crazy thing. I just had to, you know, like I could have gone down that path of, Oh my gosh, what did you do? Oh my gosh, you look so bad. Oh my gosh, you've gained so much weight. Oh my gosh, blah 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 blah. But thankfully, over the years, doing the work of being becoming aware of those kinds of thoughts and just being able to stop them and say, you know what, I'm not even going to go there. Like I'm not even going to fill my headspace with that. Instead, I'm going to think about, yeah, like you said, what do I need today? I need some extra sleep. I yes. need some, probably need some veggies. I probably need a home cooked meal and not takeout because we've been having a lot of that. You know, whatever it might be, and it's not. As coming out of a place of guilting yourself into doing something or beating yourself up and hoping that that's gonna get you the desired result, but rather, how can you care for yourself? How can you be kind to yourself, and again, kind of coming back to that nourishing yourself
0: I love this, I love this, so Robin, I know that you have and i i I love getting to talk about this because truly, um, I've been a member of your sisterhood for a couple of years now, probably i mean I think pretty quickly after you started it, so I don't know how many years that is. We're celebrating the fifth birthday this month. Oh my gosh. You okay. Know. Well, so yeah, I've been I've been a part of your program for a long time. And obviously I'm not as consistent with it as I should be, but like it's such a it's such a safe place for me. Like I said, I, I really, really enjoy it. I enjoy your workouts. I feel so encouraged and supported. And it just it really does feel like this safe place, but also challenging in the right ways. Um and so I know that you have a workout challenge coming up and it's strength and stress relief. Can you tell us a little bit about this? Cause I feel like we could all use some strength and we could all use some stress relief and I'm going to be diving into this. So if anyone wants to join me, I'm so glad you're going to be joining
1: and I'm super excited about it. I think it might be the challenge that I'm most excited about that. I've been running these for gosh, six years now. And so that was exactly the hope. Okay. What What are so many of us needing to fit into our busy lives to really take care of our health? Most of us want to build strength, tone up, right? And like just feel stronger overall. And most of us these days need to really stress. And we're carrying around stress, as I mentioned earlier in this conversation, whether it's whether you're going through a really stressful season or whether you're just dealing with day to day life. Like it's a lot and we're carrying it in our bodies and not taking care of your stress and not managing yourself can totally backfire in your health and fitness goals. So I see a lot of people who are working out and working out hard and pushing themselves hard and waking up early, and yet they're so stressed. And stress is one of the most detrimental things for our health. So we need to kind of balance that out, right? Yes, we need to move and exercise and take care of ourselves, but we like taking care of your stress can be just as beneficial in helping you reach your health and fitness goals and helping you to feel good, whether that's just feeling good every day, increasing your energy, boosting your mood, or even like reducing your chance for disease and things like that. So it is all in line with the balanced lifestyle. So very realistic, not complicated. It's a free five-day challenge and it's called Pilates Strength and Stress Relief. And Basically, for five days, we're all going to be going through this. I call it a challenge, but it's not competitive, right? It's more just like we're challenging ourselves to do five days Pilates. And at the end of each workout, they're just 15 minutes. So back to being really realistic for busy women. Um, yep. just 15 minutes. And then at the end of each workout, I'm sharing one stress-relieving strategy. So at the end of each workout, it's like today, here's the one thing you can try to help reduce stress from your life. Hmm. So totally practical bite size. Not like you have to, you know, spend hours meditating or anything crazy like that. So it's going to be really fun. 15 minutes a day and just women all over the world coming together to do it, you know, from wherever we are in the world and just connecting along the way.
0: I love that. Okay. I want to get some details from you really quick. What, when is the challenge and how do we sign up? And we'll put the link to all this in the show notes, but I want to, I want to ask you.
1: Yeah. So you can go to my website to sign up or the link in the show notes. And so that's the balancedlifeonline.com. If you go there, you can sign up for free. It's totally free. Um, it'll officially kick off on March 9th. So okay. it's Monday through Friday. It'll start on March 9th and it'll be fun. We are opening enrollment to the sisterhood again after the fact, after the challenge. So this will be kind of just a fun way to get people doing Pilates, reducing stress, and giving this idea of 15 minutes a day and in an encouraging atmosphere, just kind of giving it a try and seeing how it works for for them.
0: I love that. Robin, I know that sometimes we have, I mean, a lot of times we have women listening to the show at like totally different times of the year. So someone may be Mm -hmm. listening right now and it may be like two years later. So if someone's listening and it's two years later, what's a way that we can still get involved? You have other challenges that are... Mm -hmm. available, right? Yes. Right. So if you're listening to this at a different time
1: and you're like, dang, I missed that, (laughs) that window, then still go to the balanced life And we will always have an opportunity for you right there on the homepage, whether it's a challenge that you can join in on and do on your own time, or whether it's another little short series of workouts that you can give a try from home. So if you're listening to this at a different time, there's definitely going to be something for you too. So just go over to the website and you can you can find whatever the latest thing is right there.
0: Awesome. So Robin, last thing for any of us, my hand is raised, <laughs> who <laughs> want to build more strength and get healthier and just consistently invest in ourselves this year. Would you give us just one last piece of encouragement?
1: Mm, yes. Yes. I would say to just take it one day at a time. So every morning when you wake up, just think, what is one thing I can do today? Or what is, you know, can I do 15 minutes today of a workout or 10 minutes today? Or can I get out for one walk today? Just start fresh every day. Don't hold yourself to some unrealistic standard of being on a streak for, 20 days or a streak of 30 days and not missing a day, that's when we get into that pattern of starting and stopping. But if you just know that you're in this for the long haul and you're going to have some days where you do what you want to do and some days where you don't, life happens and you end up not moving your body or not taking care of yourself the way you want to, every morning is a fresh start. And so taking it one day at a time can be a really freeing and A really successful way to start building the habit of taking care of yourself.
0: I love it. Thank you for being here, Robin. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Guys, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I cannot tell you how much it means to me to have you here at Girls' Night. Before you go, I would love it if you would do two quick things. The first is to subscribe. Subscribing to the podcast is the best way to make sure you never miss an episode. It's also a way easier way to listen because it's a way of sort of bookmarking the podcast. You never have to go looking for it again. Your app will just automatically download the next episode once a new one's released. The other thing is it would mean so much to me if you would take a quick second to leave a rating and a review for the podcast. The way that iTunes knows to suggest the podcast to new people is by the ratings and the reviews. That's how we invite new friends to our girls' nights. So would you do me a huge favor and take a quick second to leave a rating and a quick comment about how you like the podcast so far? It would help us out so much. And thank you to all of you who've left all those beautiful five-star reviews already. I can't tell you how much it means to me. All right, friends, that's all we have for today, but we'll be back next week with another episode of Girls' Night, and it is such a fun one. I'll see you then.